Roblox went down for a whole weekend. Kind of like pulling a Facebook, is that a thing these days? How much money did they lose? Stick around and you'll find out. Welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, the show that will get you app smart in just about 10 minutes. I'm Ariel and I have five highlights for you today. And we have to start with Roblox, obviously, because Roblox went down for a whole weekend. That's kind of crazy, right? Now, when a game like that goes down for such a long time, that's kind of a problem, and I bet you a bunch of parents had no idea what to do with their kids with all this free time. What I do know is that Roblox is the second highest earning game in the US, and when that happens, a lot of money is lost. Just how much? Let's take a look. So I looked at downloads by day of week, and I did an average over the last 90 days or so, just so we get an idea of what a Friday is like, and what a Saturday is like, and what a Sunday is like. And I mean, it should come as no surprise that Sunday, Friday, and Saturday, not exactly in that order, are the highest earning games, actually exactly in that order. And so I added all of them up for one weekend and guess how much money that is, six and a half million dollars. So in the time that they were down, for whatever reason, they lost six and a half million bucks, which is really crazy. Now, I don't know if Wade Watts was too close to winning and that's why they needed the metaverse to kind of pause. Or maybe he won and he needed to turn off the metaverse for a while. And if you don't get the, the movie reference, check out the description and you'll see what I'm talking about. But this is not a small loss. And there's been a lot of talk about the metaverse lately, Facebook slash meta, uh, and everyone else talking about how that's the future and everyone wants to invest more in it. And this is a good reminder that Downtime like this is just not possible, not for Facebook, which happened a few weeks ago, and not for something like Roblox. I think ultimately, if that happens again, they're gonna be in trouble. You have between revenue that comes from the app, revenue from advertising and everything else, that's going to be kind of a big problem. So um, I don't think this will happen anytime soon, but it's still a reminder that these things do happen even to a company of this size. Next up, Firefox. Firefox rolled out some changes to its mobile browser. And it got me curious in the, where they stand in the race for third-party mobile browsers. To do that, I had a look at downloads from this year and from last year, and I'll explain why last year in a second. So for this year, as you can see on your screen in the slightly darker orange, Chrome leads the way, and then Opera is right behind it. I didn't really expect that, but that's happening. And then it's followed by Brave. Firefox is actually number four out of five, beating Microsoft Edge by just a little bit. But here's the interesting thing. Between January and October of 2021, the top five mobile browsers were downloaded 136 million times globally, according to our estimates. And that's about 5% less than the same period in 2020. But that's not the only interesting bit. It's sloping downward, but if you look at each app individually, and that's what you can see on the chart in the slightly lighter orange, you can see that not all apps are faring the same. Some have gone down, some have gone up, and the list, the top list from last year is actually very different than what it is this year. So I ran a quick summary of all the changes in case you don't wanna look at that chart and analyze it app by app. One, we have Google Chrome. It lost about 10 million downloads year over year, but it's still the most downloaded mobile browser in the world. Opera moved from number four to number two as the second most downloaded browser in the world. That's, that's a lot. I don't use Opera, but if you do, why? I, I'm really curious to know, leave me a comment. Brave became the number three most downloaded browser in the world, and its downloads more than doubled between 20 and 2021. But demand for Firefox dropped by 24%. Its rank also dropped from number two to number four. And I think that's what prompted the big update from Firefox. They're trying to claw back. 
Microsoft Edge, which was a lot higher in 2020, dropped by 36%, and now it's the fifth on our list. So that's a lot of data, I know, but the gist is the third-party mobile browser market is actually hot. It's still hot, which is weird. I expected it to be a lot more, a lot more subdued. Uh, but things are still happening. Things are still moving. And I think that's good news for Firefox because it lost its lead, but it can still regain it. Speaking of leads, we got to talk about Coinbase. Crypto is getting weird. And if you've been following the news, I think you know what I'm talking about. So last week, yet another unknown cryptocurrency called Shiba Inu or Shiba Coin took command of the news cycle. It went up by some fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a penny and everyone got excited. But in the process, it reminded everyone that Coinbase is the place to trade cryptocurrency. I say that because daily downloads for Coinbase rose to the highest they have ever been, not just in the last few months, not just in this year, in general, in total. And it got a new all-time high, which is great for Coinbase. And I said this a long time ago, not that long, I said this a while ago, but Coinbase is the place people think about, mere mortals. I'm not talking about investors or people who are really savvy with crypto, but the people who just think, oh, cryptocurrency, interesting. Should I invest in it? Let's give it a try. They all are going to Coinbase. So according to our estimates, download jumped to 235,000 last Thursday, with the majority coming from the US, with the UK and Canada kind of a distant second and third. In September, just to give you some context, Coinbase was averaging just about 40,000 downloads a day, putting this spike at a 6X multiplier, 600% increase from one cryptocurrency that went up by a fraction of a penny. Kind of crazy, right? Before the spike, Coinbase's best day of downloads was back in May. And that's when Dogecoin got everyone giddy, if you remember that. I talked about that too. That day recorded 207,000 downloads. So that's a good 14% lower than what we're seeing now. So not only are things higher, they're much higher, which is cool. Now, cryptocurrency hasn't really made it into everyday life just yet. I was kind of thinking maybe it will happen before the end of the year, but it doesn't seem to be the case. But while that hasn't happened, every time there's anything interesting in the world of, of cryptocurrency, anything that is interesting enough to make it to regular people world, not investor world, we see Coinbase rising up the charts and that's become kind of a normal thing these days. And I think really Coinbase is the place to trade, buy, sell, anything that has to do with cryptocurrency. And that's kind of cemented. Um, within the next year, I'm sure we'll see that happening. So if you're trying to compete with Coinbase, good luck. And since we're talking about new all-time highs, Disney Plus, one of my favorite streamers, is also in the news. It had a massive day of revenue in late October. The streaming service set a new all-time high for its revenue, adding more than $3 million, $3 million of net revenue in a single day in the US from the App Store and Google Play, according to our intelligence. The last time it hit a new, an, well, a new all-time high was actually back in November of last year, and that high was $2.7 million. So again, we're growing, and again, we're growing by a lot. That's actually Disney Plus's first all-time high in 2021. So that's pretty significant. Now, which exclusive was it this time? Because we've talked about different exclusives that it had and their impact on revenue and on downloads. It wasn't Black Widow because that's not streamable yet. There's something that has to do with Black Widow and it is streamable, but that's not the actual movie. So I don't think that's it. Um, and there are a whole bunch of other exclusives. So it's hard to really tell at this point what people are coming for. But 
there is something that I think is causing this and it has nothing to do with performance, it has everything to do with App Store fees. Apple and Google drop their 30% fee to 15% when people stick around for more than a year. So any subscriber that continues to, to subscribe beyond a year is now giving Disney Plus some more money or Apple takes less money. Depends on which side you wanna look at it from. So what's happening here is Disney is able to retain their subscribers and because they're able to retain their subscribers, they're able to just keep more money, which is an interesting twist on this because that means that even if they don't grow as much, and I know that's a problem, but let's say they don't, they're still gonna be able to make more money as long as they emphasize retention. I think that's kind of interesting and that's something a lot of people maybe don't keep in mind. And that's because uh, a few estimates that I've seen out there look at the gross revenue and they don't look at how much money Disney Plus actually saves. We look at net revenue all the time, which is why I always say net, kind of to a point where it's starting to sound annoying. Um, that's because it's so important to understand what the developer takes home. It's more important in my opinion than anything else. That's why that number is going up and Disney Plus is not the only one that's seeing this. A whole bunch of other developers are seeing their revenue go up when something like this happens. So it's a huge incentive to keep your developers, uh, to keep your users using the app as much as possible. There's also a slightly less obvious problem with this though. With the way all the streamers are now kind of fighting for dominance, you run into this case where if I'm using both HBO Max, let's say, and Disney Plus, my attention is limited and everyone else's attention really is limited. So retention is really hard because it's either I'm with Disney or I'm with HBO Max. And now I could be using both and that's probably what a bunch of people are doing. But ultimately, there's one that I'm gonna go to more often than the other, unless there are exclusives that keep on coming and I really wanna see them and I have to have both. So I see a future in which there's, we're gonna go back to the cable model, probably an app, and there's gonna be one company or one service or one provider that has all these different channels, has HBO Max and Disney Plus again, bundled. Amazon tried to do it a whole bunch of years ago, not so successfully, but I think the timing just wasn't right. It's gonna happen again, it has to happen again. And at that point, we'll lose a lot of the uh, discounts and a lot of the incentives that now these companies have to give us all these exclusives because it'll be again a part of a cable package. But until that time, I think we're gonna see a lot more fighting on who's gonna be that streamer. If you have a guess, leave it in the, in the comments. I think it's not gonna be Amazon, but I don't know who else it can be. And last for this week, so I talk about Shop, I talked about Shop a whole bunch of times. Shop is an app by Shopify. And over the last few years, they've made, they've aligned it in a way that it used to be a package tracker. And it would show you where your package is from all the different services that exist. And why that is smart, I'm gonna leave for a different video because I think that's really, really genius. But they did something more interesting last year or a little bit before where they added shopping directly into the app. So the shopping is not done from the app, it's done through the stores that use Shopify. And you can, from the app, go and browse them, which, I think is really clever. It's opening up to a new audience, stores that otherwise would not have that sort of attraction. Now, another company is doing the same thing. So Klarna, the buy now, pay later company, has just released an update that brings kind of the similar sort of in-app browsing from its network of stores into the app. What's even cooler about Klarna is Klarna will let you buy now, pay later for any app that you can browse from within its app. That includes stores that don't actually use Klarna officially. So if you go through the app, you get a benefit that you can't get anywhere else, even if you shop direct. And that's really, really smart. By controlling that, controlling access really, they are controlling demand. And when they control demand, they will have control over supply. 
And I think that positions them in a really, really strong way. The race they're in is only getting fiercer. The buy now, pay later, or shop now, pay later, however you want to look at it, is getting a lot more competitive. They're very strong and they're very well positioned to be the winners of this race. And I think ultimately there will probably be more than one, but not that many. So they have to win it and they have to win it quickly. And so what I did this week is I looked at the number of downloads for Klarna versus Shopify, Shopify's shop, because if you think about it, they're kind of doing the same thing. So sure, Klarna is now also competing with Amazon and also competing with Shein and also competing with really any other shopping site. But I don't think that's, a, that's an okay comparison because they're not gonna beat Amazon. They don't do the shopping directly. And while cool, it's not it. But they can beat out Chop. Chop is doing really well. And so that's a high target for them. And Shop has been performing exceptionally year over year. But Klarna is moving just a little bit faster. In the US, where both are fairly popular, downloads of the two are really close. Shop averages 40% more downloads on a weekly basis versus Klarna though. Our estimates show that in an average week, Shop adds just about 560,000 new downloads in the US, about a half a million in a week. And Klarna adds about 400,000. They're not that far, but at the same time, there is some room to grow. I think the main difference is that over the last couple of years, Klarna actually doubled its downloads, while Shop, not as much. It ebbed and flowed. It had really nice peaks, especially around the holiday season, which is coming up soon, but Overall, it didn't grow as far as the trend looks. So I think Klarna is really on the right path to being the one place for buy now, pay later. And I think Shopify might have to keep an eye on this. And that's pretty much all I have for you this week. If you're curious about where these insights are coming from, they're coming from our app intelligence, which is available to everyone. If you wanna give it a try, you wanna see any app that you want, or game, whether it's a competitor or someone that you know, head on to affigures.com slash intelligence to give it a try. Otherwise, that's it for me. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you next week.